How many of you know uh, or have ever been to Yosemite National Park? Anybody? Did you guys see El Capitan? You guys know what El Capitan is? It's this huge uh, rock, this mountain, this face of the mountain that, that, that's 3,000 feet high. El Capitan is, is sort of the, 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 the world series of rock climbers. It's sort of like the pinnacle of if you climb rocks. Do we have any rock climbers here, like serious rock climbers? Well, if you're a rock climber, this is where you want to go. and This is the, the mountain, the, the face of the mountain that you want to scale. So back in about 1958, a guy named Warren Harding looked at this mountain and said, I think I can climb that thing. So he gets himself a bunch of ropes and a bunch of clips, and for, it takes 45 days for him to get from the base of El Capitan to the summit. About three years later, a guy named Robin Robbins um, looks at it and says, you know what, I think I can do that, Royal Robbins. I think I can do that quicker. And so, so he climbs the summit in, in eight days. And then a couple years later, he does it in four days. And so for really, really good climbers... They can do El Capitan in about four days. Back in 2017, on June 3rd, there's this young guy that I want to introduce you to. His name was Alex Hunold. This is Alex Hunold. This is Alex Hunold at about 2,000 feet up El Capitan. Now, the thing you see about Alex is there are no ropes that are holding him. So Alex is the first guy that... that climbed El Capitan, ropeless. And so on June 3rd at 5.30 a.m., he came to the, to, the, to the base of El Capitan, and less than four hours later, he's at the top. No ropes, no nothing. Alex had spent about 15 or 20 years of his life preparing for this climb. And on that day, he climbed it in less than four hours. He's the only person to free solo the face of this, uh, of this mountain. And Alex was able to get up there so quickly because he didn't need safety harness. He didn't need the safety of ropes and clips and all the things that the other climbers had needed when they ascended up El Capitan. And I was thinking about this story of, of Alex uh, Hunold and, and, and what he did and I think as Christians, we're a lot like the rest of the climbers. You know, we like safety. You know, our, 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 our filter, the filter of our spiritual lives always is the first question we ask when, when, when an El Capitan is in front of us. When there's a mountain for us to scale, we ask, is it safe? And we ask, do you think I should do it? What are people going to think if I do this? Uh, does it make sense? What if I don't make it? And so we, we put all of these filters in place to make sure that it's safe for us to ascend this mountain that God has placed before us. And I believe that our need to be safe and our need for ropes restricts what God wants us to do. 
Yeah, this morning we're uh, in the, the sixth of, of a series of seven in our core values, and this morning we're talking about gospel-empowered faith. What does gospel-empowered faith look like? What does it mean? You know, we, we've been in this series and, and looking at all these seven um, core values, you know, gospel-focused teaching we started with and talked about the importance of, of God's Word. And, and the, the need for us to use that as the core of our teaching. We talked about gospel-motivated mission and, and our, our call to go and to, to, to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. And then we talked about gospel-fueled prayer and gospel-rooted families. And last week we talked about gospel-driven discipleship. And today we're on to gospel-empowered faith. Following Jesus requires radical obedience. It's something we read about in Scripture, the great stories of, of men and women who did great things for God, who people who were radically obedient. We read about Daniel um, and, and his, his radical obedience to his father and in living in a pagan culture and, and living out his faith. And, and we read about Moses who, who went back to Egypt to, to save his people from slavery. And we read about these people and we think, wow, they were awesome. You know, we read about a guy like Abraham who, who God said, Abraham, I want you to go. And Abraham didn't ask God, well, God, where, where are you sending me? What, what am I going to be getting into? What is this going to cost me? Abraham simply said, I will go. God said, I'm sending you to a place that I will show you. Abraham went. And, you know, this morning, Derek introduced us to William Carey, who's the father, father of modern missions. You know, these guys like William Carey and, and, and George Mueller and others, the first missionaries, they would pack their clothes in a casket to take with them overseas because they knew that that's where they were going to die. They were radically obedient followers of Christ. They were ordinary people. And then God showed up and asked them to do extraordinary things, and they were obedient. See, it wasn't that they were extraordinary people that God called to do something. They were ordinary people. God tapped them on the shoulder, and they said yes. It was their radical faith that made them extraordinary. Last week, we talked about uh, Jesus as... As, as Christians, we are, we are disciples of Christ, and a disciple is a learner or a student. And we learned that, that as, as disciples, as learners, we are to become like our teacher. And so, so Jesus is our greatest example that we follow. Following Jesus begins, first of all, when we respond to our call to repent of our sins. Jesus died on the cross for us to give us eternal life. But he doesn't, he doesn't, that's not the end. That's the beginning of life with Christ. 
John says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, he says that whoever abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which we walk. And so, so as we look at the Gospels, we see Christ's life. And we see him being obedient to the Father. And remember, when Jesus walked this earth, he walked as a human being. Yes, he was fully God. Yes, he was fully man. But he walked as a man. He was dependent on the Father, just like we are dependent on the Father. And so we look at Jesus' life and we see his complete obedience and dependence on his Father for everyday life. And he would go away to a secret place and he would pray, asking the Father what the next steps were. And he expected the father to show up every time his father asked him to do something radical. So we, we are to become like Jesus. To take God at his word and act and anticipate him showing up. That's the kind of faith that Jesus calls us to exercise as we follow him. But this faith that we have, that we're called to, it doesn't just happen. This is a journey that we're on. See, if we want to live, we, if we want to live radically obedient lives for Christ, then we must be hearing from God. Because you see, hearing God is the beginning of radical obedience. Hearing God in the secret places is, is the greatest key to living a Christ-filled life. James says that we're not merely to listen to the word and so be deceived, but do it. So, so obedience and listening attentive to the heart of God means that we become submissive and we obey his word. You see, radical obedience doesn't begin by doing good works, but by sitting at the feet of Jesus and allowing Him to fill us, allowing Him to speak to us. You know, Revelation 3.20 says, Here I am, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. So, so this radical obedience begins by, with me when Jesus knocks that I let him in. Yes, Jesus wants to come in. He wants to fellowship with us. He wants to be with us and us to be with him. It is in, the, in, in this sweet fellowship with Jesus that we begin to become radically obedient. When we desire to, to, to be like him and, and to serve him. until we attend to this first responsibility, this first act of, of being in the secret places with Jesus, hearing Him, we can't be obedient. We will continue to be frustrated by our inability to uncover God's will for our lives and we miss the joy of radical obedience because we're not with Jesus. When was the last time that you let Jesus in. 
where you let him in and you sat at his feet, the way Mary sat at his feet. See, I think we're too much like Martha, scurrying around, wanting to do stuff, rather than sit at the feet of Jesus and just listen. You know, our brains go 100 miles an hour. If you're like me, my, my brain's just always going and moving, and I have to slow it down and allow Jesus to speak. So this radical obedience requires listening. Sometimes that obedience is costly. That obedience becomes uncomfortable for us. And we find ourselves wanting to obey, but we look at the cost of obeying and it's like, ugh, I just, I can't do that. The cost is way too high. I need the ropes to climb the mountain. You see, what our problem is, is we're not willing to take off the ropes and the harness to to climb El Capitan. We want to be safe. And it weighs us down. But when we begin to, to listen to Jesus, when we get into his words and we allow him to speak to us, we see that the ropes can slowly begin to come off. Now, Verda and I and our family, in 1994, we, we went to Rosa Bible College for 12 weeks. And then we came back and we settled into life. And, and I had this, this really good plan for us. And we, we had a business, and as I, saw, I thought, you know, the business could support uh, the ministry, and so, so I could serve the church and, and have my business and have all the stuff that, that, that I like to have, you know, like, like, like nice vehicles and, and vacations and, and stuff. And so, so I thought, this is a really good plan. And so I was, I was pastoring and Early 1997, we began to get this feeling that was sort of uncomfortable, and and it felt like God was calling us to go back to Rosedale Bible College for a whole year, and, and we've got three kids now. And one day, Verda talked to me about it, and I didn't like that because I had a plan. And I remember during that season, because of the things God was inviting us into and, and, and sort of pushing us towards, I'm, I, I really need to be, uh, I'm not very obedient. And God began to work on us, and, and so I began to, to spend a lot of time in that secret place with Jesus. Say, Jesus, I need to know what's going on here. I want to be obedient. I need to hear you. I tried to make myself really vulnerable. And I remember 
I remember one day being in our bedroom, just being quiet. I'm saying, Lord, what, what, how does it, this doesn't even make sense. How can we do this? You know what all I've got going on. You see my family. You see, uh, you see my debt. And there were two things that, that the Lord showed me that day. First, he, he just said, I heard Matthew 10.10. 10. So it's like, well, I don't even know what Matthew 10.10 10 says. And so I, I just continued to pray. And then I saw, I saw a hand. I saw a picture of a hand coming down, reaching down and saying, Dwayne, it's going to be okay. So I went and I read Matthew 10, 10. And it's Jesus sending his disciples out. And he says, don't take any gold or silver or copper in your belts. Take no bag for the journey or an extra tunic or sandals or a staff. For the worker is worth his keep. And, and God was saying, Dwayne, you do what I'm asking you to do. I will provide what you need. And so Verda and I together agreed that we would go to Rosedale Bible College for, for one year. And you, you think, okay, God, so, so I've been obedient, so, so you're, you're going to make it easy, right? You're going you're to put everything in place, and, and life is going to buzz on because, because I've been faithful, and when I'm faithful, you, know, you, should provide, you should provide finances for me. You should provide energy for me. Everything should just go really well because, after all, I'm being obedient. And as Roberta and I talk about this, We, we see it as it was one of the hardest years of our lives. I was a full-time student. I was pastoring this church. Um, I had a business that I had to manage. I was trying to be a husband, and I was trying to be a dad. And it was hard. It was really hard. I remember third term. There have been some really hard things that we were dealing with here at the church, and I was going back and forth during the week. It was, we would drive home on Friday afternoons, and then we would drive back to Rosedale on, Saturday, on Sunday after church. And I remember burdening the kids, just some Sundays, they would just all be crying because we were going back to Rosedale. I mean, just, just almost being angry at God at times. And I remember at the end of third term, I bet Verda remembers this. Driving our little maroon safari S15. And she looked at me. The term was over. She looked at me as we were driving out. I remember exactly where we were at. She said, well, that was just a term from hell. Because it had been hard. It wasn't fun. And, and yet... We look back today and we recognize how much we had to press into Jesus. 
during that time. And we look back on that time now, as hard as it was, we look at it as, as one of the greatest learning experiences, faith-building experiences of our lives. And some days we're like, why aren't we like we were back then? Because, you see, we took off all of the ropes and we're like, we're going to climb this mountain. I feel like I've put the ropes back on. I feel like before I do these, these things that I ask too many questions. I put too many safety harnesses in place. Why was that this, this season so good for us and yet so hard? The reason it was good is because we heard God speak to us in ways in that quiet place like we had never heard him before. And as we heard him speak to us, we learned to obey. But our resting in Him is what gave us the strength and the courage to step out and go. You see, we have to first sit and listen. But as we sit and listen, then we have to go. We have to go and do what God invites us into. And what He invites us into isn't usually an easy thing. Remember, he told his disciples, we talked about this last week, he says, look, you can't be my disciples unless you love me more than you love your father or your mother or your wife or your children, your brothers and your sisters. You can't come with me unless you love me more than you love your own life. And he follows that up by saying, you can't be my disciple unless you carry your own cross and come with with me. Does that sound like an easy life? Does cross-carrying sound easy? No. It's because it's not supposed to be. That's why it's called having faith. That's why it's called radical obedience because we have to do things that we don't know what the outcome is and we know we have to depend on Jesus to make it happen. We have to take the ropes off. And I think the reason that so many people are bored with their faith it's because they're bogged down by the ropes. You know, if you're here this morning and you couldn't wait till worship was over so you could sit down, and you, couldn't, you can't wait till this sermon is over so you can get out of here. And you're just bored out of your mind with even being here. Then I wonder about your faith. You see, because as I view my journey, faith in Jesus Christ and walk with Jesus Christ is anything but boring if we are taking the ropes off, and we're climbing the mountains that he's calling us to climb. What mountain is God calling you to climb? What things is he asking you to do that needs, requires radical 
faith, period. I asked myself as I was praying, well, when was the last time I did something that required faith? That if I do it and God doesn't show up, it's going to be a miserable failure. When was the last time you attempted something like that? Or I attempted something like that? Yeah, this thing of radical faith is it's uncomfortable. I think the reason so many people are bored with church, are bored with Christianity, is because they're not experiencing real faith. You know, we're, we're, we're addicted to production. You know, we want it to be nice and cool in here and the light's at the right setting and comfortable seats and really good worship, like guys and girls that, that can actually sing and play instruments. You want guys that can preach good. And if everything falls into place, you go home thinking, that's pretty good. Or you go home thinking, that was a snoozer. But if you're not, if you're not going to the secret places during the week, meeting with Jesus, allowing him to speak to you, Allowing him to challenge you, this is always going to be boring. It just is. So we're bored because we have too many ropes. You know, Alex Hunold, he got bored with climbing these mountains with ropes. It's like, this is, this is boring. So he decided he's going to get radical. He's going to take the ropes off. There's only God to ever do that. Why do we do this? Why do people give up everything to follow him? Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. I think part of it is we have a vision problem. We don't see the big picture. We don't see what God sees. Hebrews chapter, chapter 10, and this is, a, this is written to a persecuted church. So the writer is writing to them and he's encouraging them. He says, remember those days after you received the light, after, after Christ came and filled you? He says, when you stood your ground in a great contest in the face of suffering, sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. Other times you stood side by side with those um, who were so treated. You sympathized with them, in verse 34, with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property. Why would anybody joyfully do something like that. Well, read the rest of verse 34. Because you knew that you yourselves had a better and lasting possession. 
other words, this isn't all there is. We are preparing, we are looking forward to a city, to a place. It says in First Corinthians or in Hebrews chapter 11, we are looking forward to a place. We know that we are aliens and strangers in Apple Creek, Ohio. We are aliens and strangers in the United States of America. This is not our country. There is a better place waiting for us. And when we begin to understand that there is a better place, that the stuff here matters not, then we can begin to live lives of radical faith. Because there's something better. And if you haven't experienced Jesus Christ as your Savior and this is all you have to live for, can I tell you there's something better? And if, you're, if, you, if, you have, if you've committed your life to Christ and, and you're a believer and, and your heart has been cleansed and you're walking in the light, if you're living for now, for today, for next week, there's something better. And it's that something better that gives us the desire to live out in radical obedience. Jesus called us to something much greater than ourselves calls us to be cross-bearers, cross-carriers. But it begins by when he knocks, you let him in. It begins by you spending time in that secret place with him, letting him speak to you, letting him show you himself and the plans he has for you. And what happens when when we go to that secret place and, and we spend time with Jesus and He shows us the plan that He has for our lives and we not only listen, but when the, then we go and we do. See, this obedience produces great intimacy with Him. John 14, 21. It says, Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I too will love him and show myself to him. You see, when we become obedient, and the more obedient we are, the more he shows us of himself. How much of him do you see? Because I think that's why we're bored. That's why we're bored, because we're not in the quiet place, we're not being obedient. This obedience. what draws us into Jesus. And it's then that 
that, that our hearts just become full with Him. It's when we're walking with Him and being obedient to Him. But it, it's, us, it's us moving out. It's us doing what He's invited us to do. And my question to you this morning, what is your El Capitan? What is your mountain that God is calling you to climb? How many of you, you're standing at the base of this mountain and we've got ropes and chains and clips and all this stuff on us for so many people. They stand there their whole lives and they look at that mountain they're like, that'd be really cool to climb that. Let me go get some more ropes. Let me go do some more preparation. And we come back to the mountain and we look at it and we're like, it'd be really cool to climb that. I bet it's really cool at the top. And we go away and we come back again. Sometime we need to stop, we need to take off the ropes and we say, I'm going to do this mountain, I'm going to climb it, I'm going to make it, and I'm going to do it without any ropes. What is your mountain? What is that thing that God is inviting you into? Some of you, your mountain is written on this prayer card. That person that you're praying for. Maybe your neighbor. Maybe your son or daughter, brother or sister. Some of you, that's it. Some of you, it may be Going, going to another country, going to Vietnam or Morocco or, or somewhere like that. That may be your mountain. But for most of us, it's, it's, it's living this everyday, ordinary life in radical obedience. And along that road, there will be mountains for you to climb. My encouragement and my challenge to you is go to the secret places with Jesus. Start there. Find that quiet place and listen. Take your Bible, take a pen, take a paper, and begin to write things down that you hear God speaking to. Come and listen. Then we go and we do. And I guarantee you, this is a money-back guarantee, that if you do that, if you begin to go to that quiet place with Jesus, and you come out of those quiet places with an action plan, and you begin to do the things that he's inviting you into, I will guarantee you that your faith will no longer be boring. I guarantee you that your faith will be the most exciting thing that you do. And I guarantee you that when you do that, your relationship 
with Jesus Christ will continue to become sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. Because he said, whoever does what I command, he said, I'll show you myself. What's your El Capitan? You know, as a church, we, as pastors and, and, and elders, we feel like God is pushing us into a new season. And we feel like that God is, is going to be asking us to take some really, really big leaps of faith. It's going to require taking off the ropes and taking on the mountain. As we, look in, as we look at the future and as we as work through this strata process, I believe God is calling us to, to some new outreach initiatives. That's going to require all of us. As we look at the future, we still think that, that church planning is something that, that, that is in our future and that's a mountain for, for us to climb and maybe for some of you to climb. And we're looking at adding some staffing and, and we're looking at this building and is there a need for expansion here? So there's some really big things that we're praying about together. That we want to begin to share with you in the weeks and months to come. But in order for a church to, to be radically obedient it requires every person sitting here to be radically obedient. There's just no place for bench warmers. Begin in the secret place and see what God shows you. Let's pray. Father, I just, uh, I thank you just how you have invited us into relationship with you and how you invite us into obedience and, and doing the work that you've called us to do. Father, would you give all of us together just mountains of faith. Lord, that we would begin, Lord, give us time. Lord, for all of us sitting here, would you just today show us those times and those places that we can carve out to go to the secret place? And as you show us yourself, give us the courage, the unction of the Holy Spirit to begin to do what you invite us into. that that fellowship would become sweeter and sweeter. Thank you for my brothers and sisters, and I'm excited about this journey that we're taking together, this journey of gospel-empowered faith, a journey of radical obedience as followers of Christ. Empower us as we go today Give us courage to climb the mountains, to do what you invite us into. It's in Christ's precious name that we pray. Amen.
Well, how about if you go today, you enjoy the beauty of the sunshine, and maybe even find a mountain to climb this afternoon. Have a great week.